What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, Kings fans, and welcome to episode number 60 of the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the official podcast of HockeyRoyalty.com. I'm Scott Kimball, and I can't believe I'm saying episode 60 of the Hockey Royalty Podcast. I feel like we should have some kind of a birthday cake, guys. I really do. (laughs) (laughs) There again, maybe that's not a good idea, because you'd probably just see a bunch of smoke from my end, so that's... uh... (laughs) It's almost almost as old as you, Scott. Almost. (laughs) We're almost there, but just remember, they didn't have podcasts back then, so... (laughs) We Fireside chats. Show, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot of static. Uh, well, you know what? After what happened last night, we got to laugh a little bit. But before we get into all that, uh, of course, I want to let you know that you can find us all over social media. We're on social, we're on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you are on social media, you can find us. Just look up Hockey Royalty and bang, we will be there. So. Before we get going, too, we just uh, want to let you know that we are part of the Hockey Podcast Network, and we just want to say hi to all our friends over there. Now, let me bring in the uh, the triumvirate here. Uh, you guys have heard me babbling on long enough, but I'm also going to bring in the co-hosts. Uh, first of all, the president of Hockey Royalty, the uh, the straw that stirs the drink around this place. He's the one, the only. He is Mr. Ryan Sykes. What's going on? The president, Scott. I don't know about that. I just make sure the site doesn't burn down. <laughs> that's, that's the presidency all in itself, right there. <laughs> oh, I'm doing. I'm doing well, all things considering. How are yeah. you? Ah, hanging in there, man. It's uh, upstate New York, and it's 75 degrees out. Nice. I can't believe it. I cannot. Of course, it's about to pour, so <laughs> it goes right along with the turf. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we'll bring in our other co-host. He is, of course, you know him as the Prince of PDO. He is the Count of Corsi, the Emperor of all analytics, and the rising star of LA Kings Twitter. He is, of course, Mr. Russell Morgan. What's up, pal? What's up, Scotty? What's up, Ryan? Yeah, like you said, Ryan, just all things considered. It's been a, it'll be a fun end of the season for sure. Well, I hope it's a lot more fun than last night was. That's all <laughs> I can say. Uh, let's, uh, let's dive in, fellas. Um, doing a quick recap. I guess, you know what? Let's start off with the good news. We got to get ourselves happy. We got to get our, get ourselves smiling. Uh, the other night, our Kings rolled into Chicago, and uh, we looked pretty dominant against the Blackhawks. Uh, you know what? And we had an on-site reporter there. So, Ryan, <laughs> since you were there, take it away, buddy. Let us know what you saw. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I was waiting all year for that game. Uh, my wife had to like calm me down. You know, I was trying to wait and wait for the players to come out uh, and go watch the warmups and stuff like that. And, you know, standing in the aisles and people are trying to find their seats and stuff like that. And it's trying to wrangle me back and stuff like that. I just want to watch the players warm up. (laughs) (laughs) Finally got down to the ice uh, about half hour before the game. Quick came out and players were warming up, firing pucks, you know, forget just how hard of a shot they have when it just rips off the glass (laughs) <laughs> um, you forget how, how, also how big these guys are too you see like Gabe Velarde and Alex Edler skating around right in front of you it's just like holy smokes they're huge <laughs> uh, you know I'm no small person neither I'm 6'5 but you know you see these guys on skates and it's like holy smokes yeah right um, as far as the game itself though I mean I sat right underneath uh, the Kings broadcast booth so I can actually hear Alex Faust calling the game Above really? <laughs> uh, cool. Chatted with him for a few minutes when I was walking up to my seats. Uh, I also saw Zach Dooley there, too, so it's good to kind of connect with those guys. Um, 
Yeah, the first period is really good. Couldn't ask for a much better start. 2 nothing. then Blackhawks respond, and then Kings kind of pulled away from there. And overall, I was very pleased with their effort. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was that was the type – and you know what, guys? They really needed that game. They needed that bad. Yep. After, you know, the, skid, the well, mini skid, I guess you could say, they had entered. But bad time of the year to be doing that. Really bad time of the year. And before I go to Russ, I, I will have to say, you know, Ryan, I do feel for you because I'm in the same boat. Like, for our listeners that don't know by now, Russ is actually the only one that lives in the Los Angeles area. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I'm upstate New York. Ryan's outside of Chicago. So we only get to see the Kings every once in a while. And it's just like it's culture shock for us when we see it because, like, <laughs> oh, wow, that's right. They really are that big. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, but so speaking of which, I'm going to go to the guy who sees them quite often. That's Russ. What were your uh, impressions of the Chicago game? Really a team win. I mean, you couldn't ask for more looking at the schedule in terms of them playing three games in four nights. The Minnesota game, of course, that was a little bit more of a letdown. But then going into Chicago, it really was a must-win game with the with where Chicago is in the standings. You had to come away with two points in that game. And sure enough, the Kings played a, a perfect game. Uh, you get 11 players registering a point, which was the highest all season. Um the Deneau line looked great in the first uh, first period. And then Dustin Brown making his return looking really good with Alex Iafalo and Blake Lazat. That was really a makeshift line that kind of came out of nowhere that's actually started to be a little productive for the Kings and could be a nice little veteran presence for on um, the bottom six for L.A. as we head, head down to the final stretch here. Yeah, I think that was a, actually a very good move to put Iafalo with Brown and with Lazat in the middle because you know what? That's three guys that really play a similar type of game. Yeah, I, think, I mean, Lazat's not quite as physical, but, I mean, he still sticks his nose in there at every chance he gets. And, you know, we've, we've talked about this a thousand times. You know, he has proven everybody wrong, and, it, and it's good to see for Blake Lazat to to be able to do that, really. Um, yes, yeah. must win for sure. Um, um, oh, go ahead, Ryan. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm on the wrong game. <laughs> uh, bear with me, guys, here. <laughs> Oh, so what I was going to say was on the, the first goal that the Kings scored, Trevor Moore, the wide open net, I was like center ice, and I could kind of see the play developing. And, you know, Delia was flanked so far to his right that when Deneau fed it over to Moore, and <laughs> all I saw was just nothing but a wide open net. Like I was already <laughs> up and standing before Moore. Uh, he kind of like fumbled it just briefly before putting it in, and I was yeah. already standing. You know, if he didn't <laughs> score that, I was going to look like an idiot uh, more than I already did. Um, and, you know, my wife's like, uh, you're going to get punched here. <laughs> <laughs> I think if Chicago was a little bit more into the playoff hunt, I'm sure yeah, the yeah, yeah, would the, take it a little bit more seriously. The two goals that they scored, you know, that this Taylor Radish kid that the Blackhawks got from Tampa, he's so such a – such a good player. Um, I just wish he got more of a look in Tampa, but he fed Kane on that nice pass to get the the Blackhawks on the board. But, you know, I've been to, to games before, like when they were, you know, during their cup runs and stuff like that. Crowd just was not into it. I mean, rightfully so, understandably so, but I was expecting like an explosion of a reaction. It just played the goal song and a few people stood up and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what the best part is, though? You only had to listen to Chelsea Dagger twice. Twice, yeah. <laughs> I have to get over there and see that national anthem because I've heard that's just an experience oh, it's in itself. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. But I'm glad you mentioned that that first goal because that's really the perfect illustration of how the Deneau line has been all year or since they've been assembled. I mean, you have Arvidsson who feeds – Deneau right in the slot, and instead of just trying to fire it on net, he looks over to his right and finds a wide-open Trevor Moore. I mean, you just have like a – you can draw a triangle of where that puck went right in front of the net. So it was really a perfect perfect way to um, kind of display how the Deneau line has been able to bring a lot more offense and could be the, the real first line for the Kings right now. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And I mean, that Deneau line, if it wasn't for that Deneau line this season, I fret to think about where we would be, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I just I have to come out and say it. There's no doubt about it. So here we are. We've got this wave of confidence. We dominated <laughs> Chicago. We're feeling good. We're back in the race. 
We're going to go to Colorado and we're going to prove ourselves again. As a matter of fact, so much so, I bet $5 on the Kings with our friends at DraftKings. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I bet with my heart. I was like, no, I got faith in the boys. They're on national TV. It's going to be a Los Angeles Kings party. And no, <laughs> no. Last night was painful to watch. It's, I mean, dominating from by Colorado right from the start. I mean, they had, what, three goals in the first five minutes? I think it was. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, you know, let's be honest. Colorado, to me, is obviously the team to beat in the West. There's no doubt about it. And last night, they showed why. I mean, that was really – that was a clinic mm-hmm. on how to play hockey by the Colorado Avalanche last night. And it's – you know, you, yeah, of course, you're aggravated because the Kings got blown out of the building. But, I mean, and think of it this way. At least it wasn't the blowout of the month because the Capitals beat the Flyers 9-2 to two last week. So we're safe <laughs> there. However – um, again, Colorado just completely showed why they're the team to beat in the West. And honestly, I think as, as much as that was terrible for the Kings, that was actually almost a good learning experience for the younger players. Cause that's what you would turn around. And you say, this is what you want to be right here. This is what you want to do. So take it away guys. What were your impressions of the game? Yeah. Four goals in the first ten fifty six of the, the opening period. Um, I thought they had a good second period, actually. You know, Kempe scored minute 43, and I follow about nine minutes later. I think at one point they were leading the shot total like 14 to two. I, li- I like the pushback, but guys, they looked like they looked like a team that earned a desperate two points in Chicago the night before and got into Denver at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Colorado hadn't played since Saturday. So it was a shootout victory over the Oilers. But, you know, I, th- I think it was in Edmonton. Um, they had several days to catch a breath. Oh, sure. Yeah, going against – it's funny. You, you looked at the, the schedule this last week and then looked at these two games with Chicago and then going to a back-to-back with Colorado. I mean, any sort of point that you got out of Colorado would have been just in a miracle in itself. Um, the Kings – if you had told me the Kings would win in Chicago and lose in Colorado, I'd be happy with that. That's fine. I mean, the blowout, the blowout is what it is. But like you mentioned, Ryan, for a team that's getting in at 2 a.m. the day of the, the game they're playing, going up against a team that's 28-4-3 at home that hasn't played in three days, <laughs> not expecting much of a result. And sure enough, that's kind of what we got. But you have to be appreciative of the, the bounce back that the Kings displayed in the second period. I mean, they're down 4 nothing at the end of the first. You can just kind of lay your sticks down and say, well, this game's over. But they at least made a little bit of a pushback. But, yeah, when you have a team like Colorado with superstar talent like McKinnon, McCarr, Rantanen, everybody, all those, their, their four lines are just totally stacked. I mean, you see the way they're able to zip around the puck on the power play. It's just, it's just elite talent that – they're going to be one of the favorites to win the Stanley Cup. So let's not like say that the Kings are level with the Colorado Avalanche. They're all, there's obviously a wide talent gap there. So for the King, the Kings, it was just really okay. Let's regroup, get home, rest a little bit, and just really focus on the next six games. They're are really going to be, I don't want to say winnable games, but they should be winnable games with the way that the schedule looks right now. Yeah, and you know what people don't realize about Colorado, too, is how deep their decor is. Mm-hmm. It is ridiculous. I mean, their first pairing, I mean, is McCarr and Taze. But if you look down the line, their third pairing could be a first pairing on some teams. <laughs> yep. it's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, honestly, hats off to Joe Sackick for, for doing the job of putting that all together. You can't take, a, take it away from him. I mean, it's just it's a, it's a loaded lineup top to bottom. Curious decision, I thought, in that game, though, starting Jonathan Quick back-to-back. I'm not sitting here trying to second-guess Todd McClellan and all that, but at the same token, he just played the night before in Chicago and getting in late like they did. I understand Cal Peterson does not have a very good record against the Colorado Avalanche at all, and, uh, well, that trend kind of continued last night, but I don't know. Maybe I am second-guessing things, and it's easy to do for being an armchair quarterback, I guess, Mm -hmm. but I guess if there was a do-over involved, do you start Peterson against Chicago and save Quickie for Colorado? Hindsight is of course twenty twenty. But yeah, uh, I think I think that's actually the biggest storyline from a King's point of view coming out of the last night's game is Jonathan Quick starting back to back. 
the first time he's done it since 2018. Mm-hmm. I think McClellan was just trying to find some sort of way to steal a game, really. And if you're looking at the goaltenders right now, I think Jonathan Quick is probably the best goaltender to do that. I had someone ask me last night, and says, do you think Todd McClellan starting Jonathan Quick is the Kings showing waning confidence in Cal Peterson? And I was thinking – the Kings haven't even shown confidence in Cal Peterson yet. Right. I mean, he's not the number one goaltender right now. And unfortunately, he's going to have to be. If you paid him $15 million over the next three seasons to be a number one goaltender, that's not just backup goaltender money. That's starter goaltender money. That's a lot of money to be paying a goaltender exactly. um, right now. I, I'm not, I don't know how much like Darcy Kemper gets paid, but yeah, he was, he probably isn't getting that much money for, um, for Colorado. I'll have to look that up, but um just to kind of look at it going forward, Cal Peterson's going to have to take these reins sooner or later. So the Kings are going to have to start showing confidence. And with Jonathan Quick on the books for next season, who knows if that's even starts next year too. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. And truth be told, the Kings don't have anybody in the system as far as goaltending prospects that are ready to challenge for either a 1A or a 1B spot. Anytime in the near future, certainly not next season. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah. I mean, I was a little shocked when I saw, you know, Zach Dooley post uh, that Quick and Delia led the teams out, obviously making that a back-to-back start like Russ said for the first time in four years. Um, yeah, and Quick didn't look – he looked slow. Uh, but I'm also uh, slightly concerned with Peterson. You know, four games this month, he has a 4.48 goals against average, 856 save percentage. Um, he kind of bounced back after the new year, but if you look at kind of his other splits against the central division this year, got like a four goal average and an 867 save percentage. Obviously you're going up up against teams like Colorado, Minnesota, St. Louis, Nashville, Dallas, you know, all those teams are occupying playoff spots right now. Cal has to be better than that and Mm -hmm. allowed six goals in the previous start. Um, the team is escaping my mind. Uh, I don't have a pull up, but it's neither here nor there. And then he allows six in relief last night too. And uh, allowed one on the first shot he faced, which was like 41 seconds after quick was pulled. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's gotta be one of the biggest storylines heading into the off season. It's like, what does the goaltending situation look like uh, for this organization? You know, there's a, a certain free agent out there from Minnesota state who I believe is still unsigned at the time of this recording. Yeah. And that's, that, that's the other thing. So here, let me, you know, what? just out of curiosity, right. It, it's Dryden McKay, uh, the Holy Baker <laughs> from, by the way, <laughs> the, the Holy Baker winner from Minnesota state. Um, and he was rolling in that national championship game until the third period. Of course, he wasn't really tested until the third period, but anyways, that notwithstanding one game does not make a career. Uh, What do you guys think about this? Now, your pipeline is loaded with forwards, and we now know that, you know what, they got a lot of very, very good defensemen in that pipeline as well. Would you guys be overly upset with, say, uh, go out and sign McKay, sign him, and then maybe trade down a little bit in the first round and, you know what, take a reach on a goaltender, say like uh, Peretz from uh, uh, Quinnipiac, right? you start to reload that pipeline a little bit because, and again, that's not taking a shot at, you know, like Matt, Matt uh, Vlalta or, I mean, Lucas Parikh isn't ready yet. Uh, we got David Hronick, uh, Connor Ingram. I mean, there's, there's, they're simply not ready, right? Do you take that chance and start loading up with, say, higher-end goaltending prospects when your other parts of your game are loaded? No, I'm, this is – the reason why I wanted the Kings to take a Jesper Wallstead or a Sebastian Casa in the last draft, because yeah, we it's it's not a secret. The goaltending situation is the the biggest, I guess, hole that the Kings need to fill in terms of the future. I mean, Cal Peterson's twenty seven years old. He's not a young guy, right. so he's still got to have some miles. He's going to be thirty years old by the time this contract is over. I mean, I, as as far as trying to add another young goaltender to the pipeline, I'm a little bit higher on Matt Valalta than I guess some others are. I think he's made actually really good strides this year compared to last year. Um, and then, like, Lucas Parikh and Jacob Ingham, 
I mean, those are they, they could have some potential. We haven't really seen them fully in the AHL, but who knows? They, I mean, Lucas Parikh has shown uh, the ability to play up to big games in World Juniors. So, I mean, I think you just got to give them a chance. Do the Kings kick, should the Kings kick the tires on a Drayden McKay? Yeah, why not? I mean, you just kind of put the feelers out there and see maybe if he has some interest. But um, we've seen how the Kings have been signing uh, college free agents. It hasn't really gone that well for them. So, I don't know. I I want to I want to say I'm not worried, but I kind of am with Peterson now. I'm starting to get there, and I just get reminded when Austin Wagner had a really good rookie season and the Kings signed him to a three year deal. I'm starting to get to that point where. Should the Kings have maybe given Peterson that much money over three years, or maybe even just given him two years for try to keep him around? Because I mean, he wasn't going to he was going to be UFA at the end of last at the end of his contract. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe they were worried if not, that another team was going to outbid him. Who knows? Perhaps, perhaps. But I mean, you know what? Next season's uh, next season's goaltending situation is established anyway. Because look at the money they got tied up in goaltending next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so it is, but you know, as soon as that final horn sounds at the end of the 2022 2023 season, you know, quick is by all means off the books. You better hope you have something <laughs> uh, <laughs> right behind Peterson. I mean, especially if Peterson takes another step backwards next year, yeah. Right. And I think, I think a lot of it with um. Peterson's woes, I guess you can say, is the probably the team in front of him. I mean, yeah. look at the, the makeshift defense that's been placed in front of these these goaltenders. It's not it's not the best, obviously. Right. So maybe you can take that into consideration a little bit. Maybe they elevate their game more when you get some better players playing in front of them. I mean, because Darcy Kemper right now is a, a Vezina candidate who's getting paid $3.5 million. I found it on Cap Friendly. And is just on a one-year deal. Um We've kind of seen him play the way he plays in L.A. He's not the the most elite goaltender, but you look what happens when you put a good team in front of him. He can start um, being one of the best goalies in the NHL. So maybe it's just about trying to build what's in front of the goaltenders and try to see what uh, Cal can bring. But, yeah, next year you have close to $11 million tied in goaltending. They're, they're going to have to perform. They're getting paid for it. So you have to expect results from there. Russ, that's actually a good point. So if you recall – Cal Peterson was named goaltender of the tournament at the world championships. Yeah. Um, and he had much more experienced players in front of him. I think he had what, two shutouts in that tournament as well in five mm-hmm. starts or something like that. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see, yeah. If they can get some better talent or more development in front of them. Yeah. And that's also, he, yeah, he's got much better talent in front of him. And then he's also going against much lesser talent. Um, playing against whoever, whichever country yeah, it was, but sure. we've, see, we've seen the potential. The potential's there. I mean, when Cal Peterson's on his game, he is a legit number one goaltender in the NHL. Uh, he just hasn't really shown it lately, and maybe the Kings have to start showing confidence and giving him more consistent starts to let him display that uh, high end goaltending ability to make it to make that contract worth it. Because they haven't really given him the opportunity this season, and it's going to have to start soon. Yeah, I think that's very fair to say. I, there's there's no doubt about it. And obviously at one point the Kings did have a lot of confidence in him or they wouldn't have given him the contract they did. Uh, but, you know, this season is almost – yeah, they've, they've come on great in the second half. But, I mean, the way it looked like for a while, it was just going to be a lost season. And a lot of those bad numbers are coming from that first part of the season as well, even though, like you guys said, he hasn't been all that good as of late. But I think that obviously they're going to have to – show some confidence in him at some point because at least through next season, it's that uh, whole run what you brung kind of deal. And there's like you said, with $11 million tied up in goaltending next season, there is no, well, let's see if this kick the tires on anybody out there in the free agent market, mm-hmm. as far as established NHL goaltenders. Cause frankly, you're simply not going to fit it in. You're not. So it is what it is, I guess. Do you, do you think the Kings should look to trade Jonathan quick in the off season? I don't because you're going to have to retain. He's making five and a half, five, he's a $5.8 million cap hit next season. So to move him, you're going to have to retain half of that, mm-hmm. probably, right? Let's just say. So by the time you get done retaining half of $5.8 million, which doing the math quick in my head is what, 2.6, something like that, 
no, 2.8. I don't know. I, listen, guys, I wasn't good at math <laughs> in school, so don't, don't put me on the spot like this. It's two point something. All right. Let's break so out the that, calculator. I, I know. No, I, I'm just kidding. I know, right? I got I to go back to the 80s and get my calculator wristwatch, right? <laughs> Even though my eyes are so terrible, I wouldn't be able to see it now. But anyways, uh, by the time you get done retaining half of quick salary, what are you going to get? Yeah. You're right back at the $11 million mark. Unless you, so, unless you like sweeten the deal, adding a second round pick to the Coyotes or something like that. But yeah, it's yeah. you're kind of it's just tough because I feel like the Kings are kind of still stuck in their like being committed to the old guard. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a little worried that they're going to re-sign Dustin Brown. I'm, I'm kind of worried about that, and that's just going to be another uh, another roster spot that's going to be taken by a veteran instead of a younger younger player. But I don't know. It's it's eleven million dollars committed to goaltending, but the way the goaltending is looking right now is, is not the greatest thing. Well, especially when you don't have like a Vezina level goaltender mm-hmm. in that mix. Right? Exactly, it would be mm-hmm. a little easier to swallow if you had like an Andre Vasilevsky in that mix, and you had to pay somebody for back him up. I yeah, think. that's yeah. yeah. It makes it very difficult. But uh, tell you what, guys, why don't we take a quick commercial break? Because when we come back, we got another defenseman uh, college guy that we got to talk about. And a few other odds and ends to wrap up. So right now, we're going to go to a word from our friends at DraftKings. Then when we come back, we'll talk about that. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. If someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. In Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire, 888-789-7777. Visit http ccpg.org backslash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-877-770-STOP-7867 in Louisiana, 887-8-HOPE-NY backslash text Hope NY 467369 in New York. Visit opgr.org in Oregon. Call or text TN Redline 1 800 889 9789 in Tennessee or 1 888 532 3500 in Virginia. 21 and older or 18 and older in New Hampshire and Wyoming. Physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire. New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com backslash sportsbook for details. And we're back. So, more news out of Kingsland. Um, well, let's uh, let's move out from the, the goaltender's crease and move up to the blue line. Uh, first of all, guys, we're not getting Drew Doughty back. Mm-hmm. That that hurts. That hurts. Uh, we knew that he wouldn't probably be back until the playoffs anyway, and now we just know that he's he's done for the season. Probably just as well if if his wrist was that bad that it required surgery. You know what? Get it fixed. Get it rehabbed over in the offseason. He comes back a hundred percent rather than trying to push through and potentially do more damage than you know what would originally have been done. However, there's also the news that uh, Brock Faber is going to be going back to the University of Minnesota. Uh, reports are out there that the Kings met with him while they were in Minnesota, as a matter of fact, uh, offered him a, spar- a start spot on the roster for the Minnesota Wild game, and he turned it down. 
Well, what do we think about that? Go ahead, Ron. I'll let you start off with this one. Sure. Yeah, I mean, Spots hurt and basically kick off his pro career, right? Um, mm-hmm. More or less, I'm wondering if he wants to run it back with his Minnesota teammates because you, we talked about this offline, but several of his other teammates haven't signed yet and they were made the Frozen Four. Um, kind of like Owen Power returned to have a full collegiate tournament experience uh, with Michigan this past season and finally signed, you know, after they got eliminated by Denver. Um, I do have that concern, though, that he's not going to sign. And then you got to trade away his rights for, you know, next to nothing. Uh, I'd be lying if that doesn't creep into my head, especially when you drafted him in the second round, I think 45th overall they got him. I don't Mm -hmm. have that in front of me, but I believe that's it. Um, Yeah, so hopefully we get some more information. That report that he denied a spot start in Minnesota, in his home state, in front of his family and friends, Kind of shocking, mm-hmm. I'll say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's when I saw that report, it's worrisome. I guess you could say. I mean, a little bit, right? You you're offered an opportunity to play a game in the <clears> NHL <throat> at your home, your home in your hometown, in front of friends and family, and you say no. Uh, eh, I, I mean, I don't want to say that I don't think the Kings are going to sign or aren't going to be able to sign Brock Faber, but. This brings the question up, and I believe he has to play this next season, which will be his junior year, and then one more year, which will be his senior year, and then wait 30 days to become a free agent to sign somewhere else. And we saw what happened with Adam Fox. Um, he didn't want to play in Calgary, got traded to Carolina, and then um, – Yeah, play there and ended up in New York. Yeah, and then he ended up in New York. I mean, you're you're not going to be able to get a lot of, lot of – um, a lot of a lot in return when you try to trade a player like that. So, I mean, that's just a problem that the Kings will have to look into two years from now if it even becomes a problem. But yeah, it's there, and I think a lot of it more has to do with the Minnesota players kind of getting together and thinking about maybe running it back. Because you look at other players, Ryan Johnson, who's Brock Faber's defensive partner, has decided to go back for another year, um, and he's going to be a senior, I believe, and he's a he was drafted by Buffalo. Who's actually he's actually uh, Craig Johnson's right. um, son who he's grew up in Southern California, yeah. So, and, and Matthew Nice, who the the high end Toronto lease prospect, was actually just meeting with Kyle Dubas over this last weekend to determine his uh, future with the team. So, I think I think this is more just the Minnesota players. Just hey, we got one more shot here. We got a they got a really good pro- uh, pool coming in freshman class. So, I mean, they're going to probably be the number one ranked team coming back next year in the NCAA. So maybe give them a shot. And if they win the, the title, I think it's just more, it'll give uh, Faber more uh, apps to, I guess, move on to the next step and play in the NHL. But I think uh, this also does help the Kings a little bit because you that right side is really log, it's a log jam right now. So it kind of clears the spot a little bit for him to maybe bring in Brock Faber and give him a shot in the NHL or, even help bring back a Jordan Spence, have him give spot starts in NHL. So I don't know. It, there's there's pros and cons to it on both sides. So it's a, it's but it's definitely an interesting story. Well, I'll tell you, I think there's a little bit of both to that. I think Russ, you make a great point about you know wanting to run it back with Minnesota. However, I also you know look at this from Brock Faber's point of view. It's easy enough for us to see it from the Kings' point of view, right? But if you look at it from Brock Faber's point of view, look at the log jam like you just said. It's in the Kings defense system right now, not only at the NHL level, but I mean, at the AHL level too, you're going to get, you got guys that are up and down the board that are competing for playing time. And so if you're Brock Faber, do you want to go into that situation and kind of like be scrambling for playing time? Or do you want to go to Minnesota, say, I'm the number one guy. That's it. Mm-hmm. I, I am the, the, you know, as Reggie Jackson used to say, the straw that stirs the drink. Right. <laughs> so, I do, uh, but Ryan, I also echo your concerns as far as whether he's going to sign because if the Kings don't do something about this logjam, because at one time we were always saying, well, they have too many forwards. They have too many forwards. Well, guess what? They have too many defensemen now too, right? So, Based on the right side. Yeah. yeah. So if you're, if you're a young kid 
looking at this organization, you say to yourself, well, I can either sign with them and be buried in the AHL for a few years, or if I play my cards right and just say I'm not going to sign with you, become the, the hot commodity free agent and get NHL playing time right off the hop. That's the other thing you got to consider. Of course, a lot can change. Like you guys said, he can win a national championship and say, okay, I've done everything I'm going to do here. Where's my contract? I'll sign. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or, like I said, he could also turn around and say, well, yeah, you guys are, are great. Thank you for drafting me. I appreciate it. But I'm going to get actual NHL playing time with this team, this team, or that team. So there's an awful lot to consider. So did it raise a little bit of a red flag? Eh, I guess, you know what, I think maybe we're making a little bit too much of that than we really should be. Because one game is great, but he's looking at an entire career. So if he thinks it's going to benefit him to go back to the University of Minnesota for a season or another season and then, you know, get his professional career started, well, then I guess that one spot start that he was going to get doesn't really mean that much. I I think that's that's easy to say. But if you look at it in the big picture, so, I mean, that's that's kind of the way I see it. Yeah, I think the I think the timing of the decision is kind of hampering our feelings about the whole Mm -hmm. situation. (laughs) Just think how desperate the Kings are to say, "Hey, we'll 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 give you a spot right now. Please, please come play with us. Like we need you." I mean, you're you're talking about asking a college player who is just a sophomore, just finishing up his season, and then he's going to go play a game in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean that's that's desperation next against level. a tough team too. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, exactly. So it's just. So, yeah, it's just hampered. Like, the situation the Kings are in with the, the amount of injuries, they're kind of slide right now. It's just kind of like, oh, what else can go wrong at this point from Kingsland? I mean, if the, if the Kings were on, like, a five-, six-game winning streak and just kind of solidify in the playoff spot, we'd probably all be right. like, oh, yeah, Brock, take yeah. your time. <laughs> yeah. We don't need you. Just go ahead and go back to Minnesota. We're fine. But Enjoy right now, the college like, kid life because you're going to have to join the real world. Yeah, right. <laughs> I yeah. mean, right now it's just like, man, we need all the, the Kings need all the help they can get. And I, I almost think, and it, there's also like, you think about the Alex Turcotte situation when he went back and then kind of like had like a lost season there. So I don't know. There's just yeah. a little bit of a mixed feeling for the decision, but you just, you, you got to respect his decision and hopefully next year goes well for him in Minnesota. <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, you're right. And you know, I'll tell you it's funny you mentioned Alex Turcott because again, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But you always, you know, I, in at least in my eyes, I, I think another season at Wisconsin would have done him wonders. But you can't you can't go backwards. I mean that's yeah. it's over with now. That's the thing, guys. I mean, it's not like Brock Favors going back to like Mickey Mouse <laughs> Pee Wee yeah. Hockey. He's getting yeah. great development under one of the right. best collegiate college or uh, college hockey coaches in the mm-hmm. country. So exactly. It's still going to be a good year of development for him. I think, honestly, guys, if, if we're saying the same thing at the end of next season, then we really got to worry. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you really you really got to worry. But I think, you know, I, and obviously, Brock Faber is, is a, you know, smart kid, uh, very talented kid. I just kind of think he's looking at the organization as a whole right now and saying to himself, I could probably do myself better by, by staying one more year in Minnesota. Yeah. And there's you also got yeah you also got to think about the amount of hockey this kid has played. He played in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. He played in the shortened World Juniors. So he's he's been playing hockey all like almost all year. I think he played. Was he on the World Championship team last year? I, I don't remember. But I mean, yeah, he's been he's been up and down everywhere. So maybe just give him a break. Maybe he's thinking too, like, hey, dude, I just need to chill for a little bit, <laughs> take the summer off, enjoy college, and then and then refocus on hockey. When it when it comes to that point, so yeah, like like you said, Scott, you just kind of got to think of his point of view too, and not just the the Kings' uh, decision making too. Right, right. Because again, it's it's one game. Yeah, one. So yeah, let's uh, let's worry about that. We got more more things to worry about right now. So mm-hmm. we'll worry about that at the end of next season. How's that? Sounds good. Get your Pepto Bisball ready. <laughs> Always on standby. That's right. <laughs> you know, sometimes I wish I had something in a keg. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so looking ahead, the Kings have got one more game left this week. Uh, we come back home, back home to face the Columbus Blue Jackets on Saturday. Is that uh, a good that thing, is- Scott? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, is that a Saturday afternoon or Saturday night game? Let me take Saturday that. evening. Yep. Evening. Okay. Yeah, it is. okay. So 
10 30 for, for us on the west or in east yeah 9 30 for me yep i do that all this like two hour math in my yeah. head i know right three and hours for you. <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> funny though because last night was at 8 30 start for me and you know we got home uh like 11 30 or something like that after the on, on wednesday night it caught the end of the the stayed up for the vancouver vegas overtime game go to turn on my usual pot of coffee last night and we're out of coffee it was like Oh. I don't know how to function and watch a game without a pot of coffee on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Maybe that's what that's what went wrong here, guys. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> Blame it on the lack of coffee beans. I like it. <laughs> I like it. But uh, looking at this game coming up, guys, uh, Columbus is obviously not in a playoff spot. Um, on paper, this should be a game that they, the Kings can win. Uh, but we all know that there's a reason you play the games. And especially coming off a of shellacking that they took against Colorado – I would really hope for a very strong response. Yeah, the I'm looking at moneypuck.com right now, and they have the Kings with a 72.6% chance of winning. Um, but by the way that the Kings have played at home these last few games, it's you never really know right now. And But the, the schedule, looking at the schedule, it's in the Kings' favor. You don't, you don't have to play – a Colorado or Minnesota or any playoff team, really. You're looking at Columbus, Anaheim, Seattle, Chicago, the team that they just kind of destroyed a little bit. So it's in the Kings' favor. And you look at the teams that the Kings are are kind of fighting with in terms of Vegas, um, they got a tough schedule right now. They have Vancouver tonight, or they have Calgary tonight in Calgary. Then they have Edmonton in Edmonton. And they got uh, Dallas and St. Louis as well. So the Kings are going to be favored in every game that they play to end the season. And if they come around or they if they come out with winning four out of these next six games, I think there's a legit chance for them to make the playoffs. I think I think that might actually get them into the playoffs. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, no, I agree. I was thinking four out of six the rest of the way it probably does it. Mm-hmm. But I mean they gotta be careful here. There's still a few teams, namely their rivals in Anaheim, that want to play spoiler for them. You know, they can't take any of these teams lightly. Even Columbus, you know, I think they're around 500 on their year, but they got uh, Patrick Laine there. Um, Jack Roslovic has five goals in his last five games. Nyquist, uh, six points in his last five games. Uh, we had a hard time with uh, their goaltender last time, Elvis Mer- Merzlinkis. Um, I think, well, Arvidsson won it in overtime, was that? Uh, the hat-trick, so. yeah, his hat-trick. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can't take any of these teams lightly. You got to go out and take care of business. Come out like you did against Chicago and just uh, was it uh, Todd McClellan? Did he say do it? Quote unquote, like basically take care of business. It's time mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. Something like that. But yeah, this this I'm glad you you talked about those Columbus players because then they're adding they're also adding Kent Johnson who's yes. making his debut tonight I think or he made his debut last night. I think last night. Uh, last night. Just checking to see who they play and I think they're off until uh, Saturday. But yeah, I mean that's another young player. That's that was one of my favorite players. I was just gonna say, so I was, I was yeah, so I'm, I'm actually really excited to see him play. Um, but yeah, it's it's these teams. They're gonna be trying to play spoiler. They're gonna try to play spoiler, especially a team like Anaheim that the Kings have to play twice, and and Seattle and Vancouver who are, are still trying to kind of make a name for themselves, really. But as the season ends here, so. These games, you look at the – they're going to be favored, but they're still going to be tough games for the Kings to win. And But yeah, just four four wins. That's all the Kings need, and I think that gets them there. Yeah, I think so. Um, and you look at who Vegas has to play too. I mean, their schedule is significantly harder than mm-hmm. the Kings. Uh, I'm trying to pull it up right now, but if you guys have it off the top of your head. Well, I do, they have Mark Stone back now, right? Yeah, thanks so, to some creative – yeah, they're in Cal- Cal- they're in Calgary tonight, in Edmonton Saturday, at home to New Jersey, at home to Washington, at home to San Jose, but then they finish three on the road at Dallas, at Chicago, and at St. Louis. So, yeah, that's a, that's a tough schedule, and yeah, I think if you're looking at the Golden Knights, they're three games, they're three points behind with a, a game at hand. Probably would have to go five and two, maybe five, maybe five one and one even. So if they lose tonight and then maybe lose at Saturday in Edmonton, I think that the Kings can win Saturday. That gives them a good cushion to kind of yeah. finish the rest of the season. Yeah, it gives them some breathing room for sure. Mm-hmm. Right, right. <clears throat> Not that they take their gas or their uh, foot off the gas pedal, rather. But, you know, 
Yeah, I think this kind of goes back to what Ayafalo said at the beginning of the year that they're going to be trying step to step on, step on the throat. <laughs> yeah, this this is the time to prove it. You, you, the Kings, want to be the playoff team. You have the opportunity right in front of you, and there's really no excuse for the Kings right now. I mean, yeah, Drew Doughty's out for the season. Mikey Anderson's hurt, but you're pretty much healthy up front. You you got some good chemistry going on the back end, and the goaltenders are what they are. So to go up against these teams, they have to show that they've taken the next step and make a playoffs and, and, and then see what happens there. Yep, I totally agree. This is the time for the leaders on the team to lead, and this is also the time for somebody to jump up and grab that golden ring. Somebody step up and take that chance, right? Because there's opportunities to be had. I mean, somebody can really step up and prove themselves going into next season. Uh, or obviously carry, you know, carry momentum going into next season for themselves. Could really so, use a strong finish from their captain right about now. Yeah, you ain't kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you right. are not kidding there. So hopefully we'll get that. Would you guys let me ask you guys a question. Um would you consider this a successful season if they did not make the playoffs? I'll start with you, Scotty. That's a good question. That's a really good question. Um, I would give it. Let's see. I'll B. ask you. I'd give, give it a B answer minus. from right now. Right now. If I asked you right now, if the Kings did not make the playoffs, would you think that's successful? Where they're at? I would, I would be 55% on no. Yeah. And I'll tell you why, because I was saying right from the beginning that I think this team should make the playoffs. And I think at some point you have to set that bar. Mm-hmm. And I think that point is now. I, I don't think that you can be satisfied anymore with, well, you know what? We didn't make the playoffs, but we're going to get another high draft pick. I, personally, just from my point of view, I'm done with that. I'm done. I don't care where they draft anymore. I just don't. The pipeline's loaded, except for goaltenders like we talked about, which you don't need a top 10 pick, especially in this draft, to get a, a decent goaltender. So I wouldn't say it would be like a disaster season, but I wouldn't call it a success if they miss. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I would lean towards no as well. Just, you know, Drew Doughty publicly called out the front office at his year-end right. conference. Rob Blake responded, went out, acquired Harvidson, signed a no, signed Edler. Um, and his team, by all accounts so far, is training towards making the playoffs. If they don't make it <laughs> – Sure, they've had a ton of injuries to overcome and things like that, but kind of navigated through it until now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'd be really disappointed if they didn't. I mean, I saw when their playoff chances dropped to, like, just above 70%, their their chances to make it out of the first round were still around, like, 40%. That just shows you, like, how close the – Pacific is, but they still value that the Kings are a talented team that could beat if beat someone if they get in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just and there's no guarantee that Vegas kind of falters the way that they kind of stumbled out of the gate more or less this year, uh, especially when they acquired Eichel. What was it? They won like five out of his first fifteen games or something like that. Yeah, right. Like I'm not sure that's going to happen again next year. Yeah, well, if, that, that's a very, that's a fantastic point. I didn't mean to cut you off, Ross. I'm sorry, but no, go ahead. You, you just got the wheels turned. I had to just say this, yeah, <laughs> because look at that Pacific Pacific Division next season. Who's going to be the one that falls off in that top three? Probably not Edmonton. I gotta I gotta tell you, I think Edmonton finally goes out and addresses that goaltending problem this off season. They yeah. have to, especially if they lose in like the first round. They have to do that. If they sign like Darcy Kemper away from Colorado, you know. So, you know. yeah, I think just to kind of wrap this up, I think if you had told me at the beginning of the year the Kings would have ninety plus points, I would say that's a successful year. No, no matter where the playoffs were. But ask if you ask me right now if the Kings didn't make the playoffs, it's a disappointing season for where they're at. So successful in terms of they're making they're making progress. The progress is there. They've mm-hmm. made that jump to be playoff contenders. But right now, they have to make the playoffs. That's where that's where it's at. And but I think this does bode well for the future of the team and the direction that they're in. Yeah, I, I, that's a that's a very great point. That is, and we've got an off season now to see what 
they're, they're going to do with the cap space they got. So, I mean, again, you know, your, your, your goaltending is what it is. Like we've just said a thousand times, I wouldn't expect any changes on that end for next season, but I'll, I'll tell you, if they need to make the playoffs this season and I don't care if they get bounced in the first round, fine. At least you made it and you've got that playoff mojo back a little bit. And it's great for the young players to get an NHL playoff experience in. Mm-hmm. Now, the next step after that is, of course, go out and get that sniper. Get that goal scorer that we've all been wanting and waiting for and praying for, right? Go get them. And then I think next season is the season you say, okay, we made the playoffs last season. Now it's time to get out of round one. Mm-hmm. And you build from there. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Of course, I am uh, I'm not in the mind of Rob Blake. I have no idea. And, you know, hey, that's what he gets paid the big bucks for, not me. So, <laughs> <laughs> but all right, guys. Well, I think that's about all the time we got here this week. That was fun. I feel better now. You know, we, we talked each other back from the ledge after the Colorado game. This has been the hockey royalty therapy session. Yeah. Yes, indeed. I'm actually <laughs> laying down on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll just bill each other 250 bucks or something. <laughs> Well, anyways, yeah, like I said, a lot of fun talking to you guys, as always. And, you know, we just want to thank all our listeners, again, for all the support and for everybody who checks out HockeyRoyalty.com. If you haven't, take a look at it. we got all kinds of great Kings articles on there every day. Um, And, again, just thank you for all the support. Um, If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you're listening, Uh, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, whatever, any major podcast platform. And we also want to thank the Hockey Podcast Network once again. All right, so for Ryan Sykes, for Russell Morgan, I'm Scott Kimball. We're signing off. We'll see you next week on the Hockey Royalty Podcast. Go King, go.